Chapter six of Woodcraft Boys at Sunset Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. Woodcraft Boys at Sunset Island by May Folwell Hoisington and Lillian Elizabeth Roy. Chapter Six: The Picnic at Spruce Island. Yo ho, ye Sunset Islanders! Called a voice from the doorway of the bungalow, and there stood the captain from Isola Bella, with a note in his hand. Oh, Benton! you're not going to take me home cried miriam watching mrs remington's face anxiously as she opened the letter no indeed miriam it is an invitation said mrs remington listen my children and you shall hear of a picnic planned on spruce island for to-morrow if the day is fine uncle bill says that the tide will not be quite right high in the middle of the day and ebb all afternoon but we can all go down in the launch oh that will be great cried paul i think uncle bill's a brick exclaimed billy if there's a cap full of wind i'm going to sail down mother and add to my mileage for the sailing coup added fred quick to take advantage of such a good opportunity suppose you can't sail back asked elizabeth then we can be towed back if the worst comes to the worst who wants to sail with me said fred so many replied that they had to draw lots with slips of paper and paul and dudley won the prize oh won't that be fine cried paul dancing about with a winning slip of paper waving over his head hurrah i got a winner too you'll let me help sail her won't you fred begged dudley well i'll let you learn if you'll do just as i say replied fred doubtfully cross my heart i will said dudley solemnly oh i don't care if you do sail dud cause benton's going to let me steer the zeus bragged billy nonchalantly yes sonny i'm going to prepare you for that launch you told me you wanted to buy agreed the captain with whom billy was a great favourite mrs remington smiled at the captain's reference to the phantom launch of billy's and handed benton a note of acceptance for the picnic as the captain backed to the door of the bungalow he remarked in farewell i must be going across the bay now to take an invitation to your uncle and aunt i suppose mrs charlton will take me back home with her to-night so i may as well be packing my suitcase grumbled trixie dolefully yes i suppose so i believe mrs charlton has planned a motor trip for you added mrs remington i wish trixie could stay with us all summer mother sighed elizabeth well we must have her over again very soon dear replied mrs remington oh i wish you would but i ought to have a better camp outfit my checked shirt is the only suitable article i really have for the boat or outdoor fun said trixie the entire party trooped down to see captain benton off and while he embarked the supper bell rang from the bungalow doorway then there was a race on the course from the float stage to the table as usual when it was a question of eating paul came in first that evening the moonlight was so beautiful that fred proposed a row around the island 
everybody accepted without hesitation and the two boats were soon gliding through the water in the silvery track of the moon the merry voices of the young singers in the party sounded far over the calm bay and roused uncle bill's mastiff no doubt the dog heard and recognised the voices of his little pals of the island the baying of nelson then brought the plaintive bar bars of the sheep on Arlesborough and blended musically with the singing say let's call to nels suggested billy about to whistle when miriam quickly stopped him no no nelson will surely try to swim over to join us you know cried miriam did nels ever swim as far as this asked paul you bet he did the old rascal laughed billy it was one day when mamma and all of us from isla bella came to a picnic over here and nelson was left alone after he hunted everywhere for someone to share his watch he decided to follow after us we had all gone to the south end when we heard a crashing through the bushes back of us and there stood old nels all in too from the long swim in the icy water exclaimed miriam gee whiz nelson ought to have a grand coup for that laughed dudley well that's why papa doesn't want him to try it again added miriam seriously why because he won a grand coup teased billy oh you know what i mean retorted miriam while the others laughed merrily doesn't the tide make the island a lot bigger when it is low remarked paul looking curiously at the shoreline yes it adds an acre or two to the area replied fred do you think the sky looks as if it would be a clear day for the picnic now asked dudley anxiously peering at a cloud as large as his hand sure thing but i think we ought to get back to camp and go to bed so we can get up bright and early advised fred so without further demur the boats were turned toward the float and the islanders were soon climbing the path to the tents early in the morning came a clarion call that hastened the toilettes of the occupants of tents and bungalow rouse ye britons rouse ye slaves billy sprang out of bed and waved his hand in token of obedience as he saw his mother stand calling through the megaphone hurry up now we've got a lot to do before we're ready for the picnic advised fred pulling paul out of his cot breakfast was a hurried meal that morning as everyone was busily engaged in getting everything needed to make the picnic at spruce island a success elizabeth and fred were packing the big hamper with good things while billy and dudley were helping mose and mrs remington the wheelbarrow had been loaded three times and the picnic stuff transported from the commissary department of the bungalow to the float stage before all was ready and waiting for the boat at the last moment mrs remington saw edith standing looking about for any forgotten item suddenly she called to the child oh edith don't forget the nature books you know spruce island is rich in specimens of wild flowers and you woodcrafters will want to complete your lists of fifty varieties oh i almost forgot that and i only have twenty more to get for my coup for wild flowers cried edith running indoors anna are you quite sure we packed enough sandwiches asked mrs remington turning to the governess as she came from the house anna laughed if the heaped up loads i saw taken by slow freight via the wheelbarrow route a few moments ago are all eatables i should say we could feed the starving belgians for a week at least oh well anna 
you know how our children eat and then there will be the rosemary folks and all of the isola bella people too reminded mrs remington seriously even so won't they bring hampers returned anna well aunt miriam is bringing a large freezer of ice cream and aunt edith said she would bake two large cakes but i haven't the slightest idea of what else they may bring judging from past picnics i should guarantee that each one of the three families will take enough to last all summer remarked anna smilingly maybe but it is also a fact that not a crumb is ever found to carry back home or throw to the fish at this moment fred appeared on the scene with a plan mother paul and dud and i want to sail to the island in the dory you see i want to win my sailing coup for one hundred and fifty miles this summer and this opportunity is a good one but the tide is against you fred objected his mother that won't matter so much as there is a nice stiff breeze from the northwest and the boys have agreed to be good well all right then complied his mother by ten-thirty the boys had started and the others were all ready and waiting impatiently for the first peep at the zeus which was to take them to spruce island what a boat for and still more to come laughed billy as he watched captain benton carefully manipulate the zeus to bring it alongside the float why where's aunt miriam and uncle bill cried edith missing them from the group in the zeus the ice-cream was not quite finished and so papa sent me to ask the captain to stop again for them on the way down exclaimed miriam captain ed had just started the power dory that was to carry the commissary and mose to spruce island when billy watching gave vent to a loud sigh what's troubling you sonny asked the captain ah gee i wish i had a launch and you know as well as i where there's a peach i could get a bargain maybe if you're a good boy something will happen about the time of your birthday hinted mrs remington oh mother i'd be willing to go without my allowance and add all my christmas money to it too if i could have that launch now exclaimed billy eagerly well never mind now but try to behave and earn the launch that way advised his mother arrived at isola bella the mariners found uncle bill making a great to-do about moving the heavy ice cream freezer over on the wharf aunt miriam and two lady visitors stood giving him superfluous advice as he did things his own way after all after the freezer was safely shipped a large hamper of goodies followed and then the ladies were assisted aboard hurrah we're off at last cried uncle bill as they rounded the south end of isola bella and i can see the orion with all on board blow the whistle billy and salute them added mrs remington an answering whistle came from uncle tom and soon his launch carrying the second party slipped along after the zeus on its way to spruce island how about a shanty shouted uncle bill he had been very quiet for at least two minutes without a second's delay billy started up and the rest joined in the song i'm bound away this very day away you rio i'm bound away this very day and i'm bound for the rio grand and oh rio away you rio i'm bound away this very day and i'm bound for the rio grand by the time this swinging song was concluded uncle tom started one from the orion and the passengers of the zeus joined in flying fish sailor 
I'm a flying fish sailor bound down from Hong Kong. Blow, blow, blow the man down. I'm a flying fish sailor bound down from Hong Kong. Give us a chance to blow the man down. Blow the man up to me. Blow the man down. Blow, blow, blow him around. Blow bullies, blow. Blow the man down. Give a chance to blow the man down. Having arrived at Spruce Island, a brigade was formed to carry boxes, hampers and wraps from the boats to the picnic spot in the shade of a clump of firs. The younger element in the party wanted to start at once on an exploration of the island, which contained nearly two hundred acres, thickly wooded with fir trees and white birch overhanging the rocky bluffs of the shore. See here, boys, if you go alone on this quest, you must promise to stick together. We have never been all over the island, and there may be danger spots that we know nothing of, you see. With a crowd there is comparative safety, but should one of you straggle away and get into trouble, it might be difficult to help, admonished Uncle Bill. The very seriousness of the habitually jolly man made an impression on the boys, so that Fred promised for all of them. And we'll be all right, folks, never fear, added he. I don't see why we girls can't go with you, panted Trixie. That isn't it, but I really do not approve of the boys going alone. To say nothing of you girls going too, remonstrated Aunt Miriam. The boys made quick work of getting away for fear of being called back by one of the troubled mothers, while the girls were soon engaged in finding new specimens of flowers for their books. If we gather them now, we can identify and arrange them after lunch this noon, suggested Elizabeth. The boys had covered many acres of the island and were feeling like genuine explorers, when Billy suddenly spied a fishhawk's nest high up in the tall spruce. Great Scott, Bill! what a chance to get a snapshot of that osprey's nest called fred it's lucky that i brought my kodak isn't it added paul the tree looks kind of risky to climb ventured dudley oh no i can climb it easy enough boasted billy bill's climbed higher and worse trees than this one added fred well seeing he's the best climber in the bunch i'll let him use my kodak if he wants to shinny up and try for a close-up picture offered paul that'll be great and i can add another one to my list of wild bird photographs said billy delightedly for me too said paul why no it won't count for you unless you climb up and get it remonstrated dudley an argument followed that made paul sulky but billy paid little attention to him as he took the kodak and climbed up the giant spruce there was a thick tangle of undergrowth all about the tree and the boys had had to break through this before reaching the spruce so intent were fred and dudley in watching billy go higher and ever higher that they failed to note paul's absence paul with his impatient and stubborn nature felt so piqued at the idea of not being able to claim the coup after offering the use of his kodak started away from the boys in a huff the boys never dreamed of his anger envy over the coup winning so did not trouble to look over beyond the jungle of brush while paul be it said to his credit forgot all about uncle bill's admonition and the promise made not to wander away from the others he finally reached a small promontory of land that jutted out into the sea 
as he walked out on the upthrust a white strip of sandy beach was found to be lying snugly at the bottom of the bluff about a hundred feet across from the place where the boy stood another large finger of high land ran out from the shore actually making a secluded little cove of the beach my what a dandy little place for a swim i can undress down between these two high rocks and have a dip then get back into my clothes again before billy gets through with that nest said paul to himself as he slid down the steep bank to the beach once on the smooth sand the boy looked about he was well screened all right and not a thing could see beyond the high banks behind him just like a bath-house two rock walls with some trees right behind and a peachy beach in front no one would ever dream of finding sand on this island of rocks and fir-grown boulders remarked paul to himself as he started to walk to the water's edge i'll just see how far out this little sand strip runs it may stop short just beyond and then drop down suddenly as paul bent over the sparkling water the better to scan the distance the sand ran out under the waves he felt himself slowly sinking down to his ankles in the sand ha this is funny never felt anything like it before murmured he chuckling at the queer sensation of being sucked down by the time his legs were into the shins he started to wander seriously not yet dreaming of danger however not entirely liking the grip the sand seemed to have taken on his feet paul tried to back away but found he could not tear his feet out of its clutch let go let me get out i say growled paul to the quicksand as he twisted and struggled to climb out of the mire the boy had not enough experience to know what to do in this emergency in being too far away from the other boys to be seen by them he felt that he must manage to get free of the quagmire that was drawing him in deeper every moment by the time he had sunk to the calves he was thoroughly frightened and endeavoured wildly to throw himself out of the engulfing sand the more he struggled and squirmed the quicker he sank and then desperate with his danger and horror he screamed at the top of his lungs he gazed frantically about but the only sign of habitation was a deserted-looking camp some distance away on the bluff again paul yelled help 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 and ended in a terrific cry that curdled the blood in billy's veins just as he was about to push the button in the kodak what's that yell bill called fred from below frightened billy looked around carefully and located a human speck down near the water from the manner in which it was tossing about its arms it seemed to be in dire need of help none of the boys were aware of paul's desertion but expected to find him fooling with bugs or flowers on the other side of the brush so billy thought some one unknown to them needed help someone's having a nasty time over there near the water i don't know who or what is wrong but i make out that whoever it is wants help hustle over and see fred called billy where which way in direction shouted fred looking up at billy off in that direction straight through that opening of the firs came down from billy who had started to descend the moment he took the bearings we'll run ahead you follow bill called fred turning to tell dudley and paul to come with him where's paul cried he suddenly missing the boy why i don't know i was so busy watching billy i didn't see him leave us 
replied dudley frightened and running after fred as fast as he could go billy reached the ground and started to tear after the other boys when he heard the familiar whistle generally given as a signal from uncle bill when he was in search of any one billy signalled in return and soon uncle bill came from the fir woods and crossed the small clearing that lay between the firs and the spruce where the hawk's nest was located hurry come with me and help cried billy catching hold of his uncle's hand before anything could be said on the way he breathlessly explained what he had seen from the treetop and where fred and dudley had gone must be a quicksand if all you boys are okay who can it be i thought no one was on the island besides ourselves cried uncle bill i saw a sort of a hut near there when i was up in the tree added billy perhaps it is some one from the hut but then they ought to know of the danger i should think anyway we ought to have a rope to throw said uncle bill now thoroughly anxious dragging his nephew along to keep up with his running strides i'll run over to the camp and see if i can find a line or rope said billy as they reached the edge of the grove near the bluff yes and if any one lives there get them to come and help with a board or plank billy ran along the edge of the bluff toward the camp he could see some distance away while uncle bill came out to the sheltered strip of beach where he saw fred and dudley striving to save paul's life it needed but a glance to make the whole situation clear and in wild leaps the man reached the frantic group on the sand keep still don't move shouted fred to the struggling paul the more you squirm and fight the deeper you go added dudley as uncle bill ran up behind them fred was lying on his stomach trying to shove an old fence rail out to the boy as he carefully guided it so that the end of the rail would slide over the sand and possibly be worked under the arm of the victim he encouraged paul with advice when this rail comes near you try to get your arm over it so it can be used as a brace for you then i'll try to work another out for your other arm here fred let me do that job while dud and you run and get some more rails wherever you found these cried the welcome voice of uncle bill both boys showed signs of great relief and confidence as they gave place to the man and started for the rails of an old fence they had found while crossing the clearing near the bluff meantime billy reached the camp but found no one there it appeared to be a deserted fisherman's hut but some old rope still hung coiled upon a hook driven in the side of the doorpost when he reached the spot where uncle bill was working to help paul billy was shocked to recognize the victim fred and uncle bill managed to worm the rails out so that paul slid his arms up over them and this acted as a resistible brace against the suction of the mire then with practised hand the coil of rope was slung and as it fell it formed a loop over paul's head now work that noose down over your shoulders and when both arms are over it give the word so i can pull you out ordered uncle bill once more on terra firma paul was congratulated at his narrow escape but the pallor of his face was sufficient punishment then so that uncle bill refrained from scolding him the next thing for us to do is to scrape paul we ought to get him over to mo's where he can undress and wrap himself in a shawl until this mire is washed from his clothes said uncle bill you must keep this a secret from the girls you know warned fred if they smell a rat we'll say paul slipped into a pool of mire which is the truth laughed dudley i think some one ought to set up a danger sign at the awful spot said paul 
still shivering at the thought of it yes paul's right we'll go back afterwards and fix up some sort of warning for others approved fred i'll tell you how when we go back for the picture of the fishhawk's nest this afternoon we can sneak down and stick up that turkey red cushion top from the launch that will mean danger you know suggested billy and maybe you can find a can of paint or some other stuff at that shack so i can mark a warning on the boulder of a rock alongside of the sand added uncle bill paul and his rescuers reached moses camp and were fortunate enough to find everybody gone on a flower quest mose alone kept solitary vigil at the clam chowder cooking over a good campfire in a moment he was eager to help poor paul in his mire need here child take these two sweaters and use em for a golfing costume climb into the sleeves o one sweater with your feet and pull the order down over your head strap both together and your middle with a rope like dat now and mose assisted paul in dressing as he advised when the boy emerged from back of the bushes where he and his valet had retired the other boys laughed at the sight the sweaters made of paul mose gathered up the mari clothes and started in to scrape them as clean as possible before washing them say bo you don't ever expect to wear deeses again do you questioned he can't they be washed clean wondered paul anxiously i kin wash em but dis clamud ain't never goin to let go for good one thing sure though it'll make the coat thicker and warmer for next winter grinned mose oh go long mose we all know you're fooling laughed billy leading paul away from the teasing cook End of chapter six